Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. We are going to be talking about a couple of stories that I think uh, should have probably gotten a bit more attention than they have, but I'm glad to see that it's finally coming out in the mainstream media. And it's a story that's been brewing for some time in New Brunswick involving Syrian refugees at a Fredericton High School. They took in, I guess, about 450 Syrian migrants starting way back in November. And since then, reports have started to surface about some Syrian men, some as old as 20, being placed into high schools with younger boys and girls as young as 14. Now, the allegations that are starting to surface involve bullying of younger students, harassing of a Jewish student, harassing teen girls, bragging about hobbies on things like, oh, I don't know, making rocket-propelled grenades, because that's an interesting hobby, demands of prayer rooms, separations of female and male students, and essentially bringing in some of the Sharia teachings So these allegations are all outlined in 2,700 pages of documents that our next guest obtained through some simple digging. She filed a freedom of of information request. Not easy. And it appears that the officials would like the issue to simply go away. But I know Faith Goldie. And once she gets uh, digging in on something, she's not letting it go. So she joins us now all the way from Greece. Aren't you a phenomenal person for doing that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for having me, Alex. Uh, Opa, to you. Um, but really, I wanted to talk to you because this story is now starting to kind of make its way into the vernacular here. It's it's starting to be spoken about. Um, and really, it's only being spoken about because you forced the issue. When it's, Tell me when it first started coming out and then it went away, but it came back because of your digging. Uh, Yeah, well, we first uncovered a story actually out of Halifax dealing with parental and student allegations of refugees choking, slapping, and threatening their female peers. And so when we did some digging, spoke to witnesses there, what we did at the rebel.media is we actually launched an e-tips line. So if you had kids that were suffering any type of bullying, be it from our new migrant comers or otherwise, without recourse, we wanted you to reach out uh, to us so that way I could get to the bottom of it. And what we received was one parental Facebook post, and it said that there were 22-year-old men, migrant men from Syria, inside their child's classroom, and that these men were hitting on the 14- and 15-year-olds with some success, and that they were basically bullying, pushing, and shoving boys of that age in this classroom, and that the kids, the boys, didn't want to push back because they were afraid of being labeled, quote, racist. So I thought, well, that's kind of weird. Uh, let's, let's see what we, can, what we can find here. So I, uh, we, we at the rebel.media filed an ATIP, a Freedom of Information request, from Fredericton High School in New Brunswick. And all we asked was, hey, can you send us any information whatsoever that has anything to do with any troubles, any issues or problems you have with the integration of Syrian newcomers at your school? Well, we got some weeks later with 2,700 pages, and I should say, Alex, this is only the very first batch. We've actually been promised a second batch of papers. So it, it's a little bit of a daunting task. We start going through it. And once we started going through it, it became very clear that this was a school. And, and, and remember, these aren't mm-hmm. just allegations. This isn't some faraway source. I heard something through the grapevine. These are email transactions between teachers, uh, the, the head of the Department of International Students, the vice principal, the 
principle all saying we've got a migrant crisis on our hands. There are boys in their early 20s that are, are sexually harassing our young girls, that are physically threatening and becoming violent with our younger boys. And we have no way of communicating with them because we don't speak their language. We are totally unable and perhaps even unwilling, but certainly unable to discipline these boys. And uh, regrettably, uh, you know, we reached out to all of these people to little avail. But finally, as you uh, pointed out, it's starting to make some headlines here in Canada or there in Canada. Uh, I should mention that as soon as this went to print, it got picked up by Drudge Report, the largest aggregate in the United States, because it is frankly a, a story. And, and it's one that has been until very recently neglected. We're talking to Faith Goldie of Rebel TV. And uh, if you've got a comment or a question you might want to ask, you can call us at 905-645-3221 or on your cell at star 9900. Uh, Faith, of course, through digging this 2700 page, and I know how daunting it can be to try to get these uh, information requests in. But, you know, Halifax isn't the only area that got uh, students, migrant students. There are lots of jurisdictions. Hamilton in particular got a large number of Syrian refugees. So are you starting to see the same kinds of uh, headlines starting to come to light that there are other areas where the schools just aren't able to either assimilate or don't want to assimilate or are having issues? Right. uh, The headlines, no. The tips, yes. And and that's why, and I don't mean to scoop myself here, I'd encourage others in the mainstream or elsewhere to even beat me to my own story, which is to say you can feel free to FOI these various schools. I know I am. When it comes to to a place like New Brunswick, uh, some 450 refugees in Fredericton alone, only 29 in Fredericton High School, right? So you wouldn't think that basically a class worth of Syrian newcomers would be too daunting a task, especially when broken up between the different age groups. And to reiterate some of what you said in your introduction, uh, what we saw was a school, first of all, going above and beyond the accommodation that was required. So uh, gender apartheid prayer rooms, halal, uh, a halal kitchen for, for the Syrian migrants, making sure that no one in the school used the word refugee. I mean, that quite literally, they actually ordered their teachers to, to eavesdrop on the students in the hallways to ensure that the word newcomers was used as opposed to refugees. Um, So this is kind of like the the slippery slope until all of a sudden you have Syrian older boys, quote, necking with younger girls in the classroom hallways and the teachers not doing anything about it because they can't speak their language, Um, to the boys becoming aggressive in class, uh, refusing to learn English, yelling in Arabic over top of their teachers and their other peers, Uh, one Syrian boy kicking another boy because the Canadian boy did the evil thing of brushing up against the Syrian boy's sister's back by accident. Um, so, so all this to say what? Across the country, we have seen an importation of tens of thousands of Syrian uh, people, uh, a certain percentage of which are, of course, of student age, and some what we would say is a little bit above in their, in their lower 20s, but still we're accepting them into our schools. And what we've done, while, while Justin Trudeau had a mandate to bring these people into our country, um, that's where the plan basically stopped. Okay, sure, we'll get them some food. Okay, sure, we'll get them some housing. But we didn't think about how we would integrate them with our own Canadian children in their schools where they spend 7 to 10 hours hours a day. And what they need more than anything, first of all, are language uh, translators and interpreters. And, and what, one thing that I saw in common between the Fredericton story that we're now talking about and what I discovered in Halifax just a few months ago is a total lack of, of practical resources on the ground. These are kids who have come from war-torn areas and areas that are ruled by Sharia law, where men and mm-hmm. women are not 
seen as equal. And this is, again, we, we see that these boys don't want to have girls in their class. They don't, they don't think it's appropriate for them to even go into the same school as them, let alone being in the same class as them. And so these are, these are cultural shocks that they're now going through. And we have no way of saying, hey, this is what we do in Canada, and, and this is the way that you are, frankly, going to live because you're here now, and we're going to give you a better life, but there are certain ingredients to that better life, and that is that men and women are equal. And that, you know, pushing and shoving people you don't get along with are, is not a Accepted, and that talking about bringing rocket-propelled grenades to school is not allowed, period. Um, so, so is this something that we're seeing now in reports across the country? Absolutely. And are we going to get to the bottom of it? Yes. But to, 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 to read through 3,000 pages plus from every single school across the country is, is too big a task for just myself. And so that's why I, I welcome those in the mainstream media and elsewhere to share the burden with me so that way we can practically First of all, walk away from just labeling everyone like myself a racist and a bigot, but understand that there is a real crisis on hand and that we better act quickly before it starts to metastasize. It, it seems, though, Faith, that there's not a huge appetite uh, to ask these questions for whatever reason, whether it's political correctness or people will say, hey, just leave them alone. Uh, but, you know, David Aiken, who writes for the Toronto Sun, who did, uh, you know, jump onto your story, asked uh, several MPs, liberal MPs, about this issue. And according to his reports, several uh, MPs got a lot of blowback right before the summer break, saying we have a problem and we can't deal with it. You know, sure, the photo ops were great in November and December, but as you say, the reality has set in that there are real needs by this particular population, uh, language needs, uh, you know, they need jobs. And that wasn't thought through. But there are clearly MPs out there that are struggling uh, to contain this this problem. Absolutely. Look, I, I reached out to the MP for Fredericton, and within our uh, our Freedom of Information request, we actually saw the vice principal from Fredericton High School write to her MP and say that I've had, quote, many sleepless nights because of this very issue. Like, it is literally haunting her. She writes to him, and so I just sent him that email, the exact same copy that he had already received, and said, what say you? What, what are you folks doing over there on Parliament Hill to fix these problems? And, and, and quite frankly, Alex, you hit the nail right on the head. It's political correctness. Uh, at, at, at the lay population, at you know your everyday Canadian population, they're afraid of being labeled racist and bigoted. At the media population, we, we are so wrapped up in Trudeau's sunny ways that we just want to talk about, hey, look at these you know, new Canadians. Isn't everything peachy keen? Aren't we? We can all give ourselves a big pat on the shoulder now because we've helped to rescue these Syrian refugees. And at the governmental uh, level, well, everyone's playing politics. But at the end of the day, there, there are children that are being victimized by this ethos of political correctness. And we've got to get our heads out from our rear ends for a second and realize that being labeled a bigot or racist is a very small price to pay when it comes to children's physical and, frankly, sexual safety being at some sort of risk over here. And, and I, I don't care what the heck anyone wants to call me. Go for it. Because as we've proven here uh, in, in Canada now, with David Aiken finally picking up on this story, and kudos to him, uh, as well as stateside, is that this is a story. There is something here. There are children that are being hurt right now, teachers who are at the end of their rope, and, and frankly, a liberal government that has to wear this because it was their plan, and it's only been half thought through. And so now we've identified a problem. 
Ignoring it will not make it go away. We have to say, this is a new issue. We've imported this sort of a culture here. And now what we need to do is essentially oust it with a better culture, meaning our own, where there are consequences to bad behavior. And there will be lessons about good behavior, where women and men are equal. That children at 14 or 15 should not be sexually harassed by men in their their early 20s. And if anyone has a problem in admitting as much, well, then I guess we don't see eye to eye, frankly. Well, I would have to think for long-term success uh, on this particular issue, um, because, you know, if you look at the numbers that Mr. Trudeau said he was bringing in, it was 25,000 this year, and then there's upwards of, I think, 100,000 that he wants to bring in. Now, whether or not that that promise kind of just goes away, um, they have to have a long-term plan, or we're going to find ourselves with some serious, serious problems. Right. I mean, it's, uh, Syrian kids are no different than Canadian kids insofar as they need to be taught right from wrong. And if we do not have the resources to do just that, I mean, we do when it comes to, to, to our code of ethics of knowing what's right and wrong. But if we cannot communicate that to them, well, then there will be an importation of the Sharia behavior, frankly. And, and when you have an entire school system that is also shrouded in political correctness, a, a media class that is unwilling to do their jobs, parents who have nowhere to turn to, MPs that are not willing to pick up their phone, well, then... I mean, we are literally martyring our children's safety for the sake of political correctness and some stupid platform, political platform that that isn't feasible, at least not the way that we're running it right now. Yeah, if you've got a question, we're talking to Faith Goldie of Rebel TV, who uncovered uh, 2,700 documents, essentially, of conversations of teachers uh, and educators in this country, in the East Coast, saying that they're having real problems in, in dealing with Syrian uh, refugees that have come into their school. You can get us on Twitter at AM 900 CHML, or you can get me at Alex Pearson AMP. Phone us 905-645-3221. So Faith, where, where does your investigation, where, where does it take you now? Right. Well, right now, school has just let out for the summer. So I don't think that there are going to be many people who are going to be answering my calls for the next couple of weeks. So I'm going to continue to to do interviews with folks like yourself um, who are willing to talk about this story and and, and spread the message. I'm going to continue to to read my emails from parents across the country, continue to to get freedom of information requests from other schools. And and frankly, again, not to scoot myself, I'm likely going to be heading out to New Brunswick at the beginning of the school year so I can talk to some of these parents because I'm not done. At the end of the day, my goal is not to make a news story. My, my goal is not to, you know, put fuel on any particular political fire. My goal is to help these parents get the answers that they're looking for, to help. I, I'm totally unabashed about my bias, Alex. I'll be honest with you. I'm totally unabashed, uh, unabashed about my bias, and this is my bias. I want to help protect Canadian children, period. And if no one else wants to do that job, that's fine. I'll do it by myself. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get some answers from the parents. I'm going to talk to the children if the parents allow me to do as much. And hopefully the, the school will answer my call when I come knocking on their door. Uh, so that way we can find a way to hopefully garner some national attention so that we, Justin Trudeau, as well as the Liberal government in Ottawa, uh, can wake up and realize that this school, as well as many others across the country, need more uh, than just the importation of steering migrant children. They need real readers on the ground to help these children integrate properly for their own health and safety and well-being as well as those of their Canadian peers. So the story does not end here. Uh, it's going to continue and, and if, if anyone else would like to reach me with, with their own stories from, from their own schools or their children's schools, I'm at Faith 
at therebel.media, F-A-I-T-H at therebel.media. But, you know, you went out there already a few months ago to talk to the parents, to get the initial uh, story, the complaints that were coming in. And your experience was that they did not really want to come forward. Was there a, were they scared? Was there fear involved? Why is it that, that people are so anxious about coming forward? Yeah, so, so what happened with, with Halifax, actually what we found was that the parents even allowed us to interview their children. That's how willing they were. It was the school officials that weren't. And actually it was, Halifax was different in this sense. Halifax, there was a school-wide and a school board cover-up fully. They labeled um, any complainers as um, xenophobic and bigoted. But the, the parents actually talked to us. Some of them allowed their, their children to come on the camera and tell us about how these boys were choking and slapping their female peers threatening the men with, you know, uh, doing like kind of their thumb as like a slit across their throats on the field to the point where recess and soccer had to be cancelled because Canadian versus Syrian fights actually became a thing out there. So we found that the parents were willing to talk and it was just the school establishment that was covering it up. And now what's different here is this. Alex, you're a seasoned journalist. You know what I'm talking about when I say 27 Plus, someone having to go through and, and black sharpie out all of the miners' names is no simple task. They did not charge us for photocopying. They did not charge us for, for mailing everything over, which tells me, and this here, I will say, is total conjecture and speculation. That tells me someone wanted this story to come out. Someone said, we've tried everything we can. Now it's the media's job. <clears throat> they, they did not make the school, in Fredericton's case, did not make our life difficult versus Halifax, where they did. Well, it's been a couple of months. Maybe things have gotten worse. Well, we'll see. I, I want to take a call while you're on the phone because you may be ans- uh, able to answer the question. Lucy joins us now. Hi, Lucy. What's your uh, comment or question? Hi. Um, I'm enjoying the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I just have a co- quick comment. I think when these people are brought over to our country, they should be made to understand when they get here. This is Canada. If they don't abide by our rules of the country, they should be sent back to where they came from. My parents came to this country in 1920 from Italy, and they were they were really picked on when they came. But they just abided by the rules of the country and the laws, and they kept their own traditions. What's wrong with these people doing that instead of coming here and causing trouble? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, no, and Lucy, you speak to, I think, an issue that Faith, uh, you yourself have run into. The fact is, political correctness is is making it almost impossible for people to air any kind of concern because you don't want to be called a racist or you don't want to be looked at as a bully. But we aren't racist. The majority of us are not. I'm not a racist. I, I like everyone to be happy. What's wrong with Mr. Trudeau, Prime Minister, helping our, our Aboriginal people first? They, they really need help more than anybody does right now. I don't mind helping these people, but they should be made to understand they're not going to have the same things they had in their own country, like their own um, Sharia law or whatever else they want done here. That's not right. This is Canada. You're right, Lucy, and I thank you so much for your call. And, and Faith, look, I think, I think Lucy speaks what a lot of us think, but maybe just don't feel like we have the right to say it anymore. But we, we do have the right. No one has taken that right away from our, us than, than ourselves. And look, I come from a family of immigrants. Uh, I, I understand fully that Canada is a different country than any other in the world. And the fact that callers like Lucy feel like they have to describe themselves, I am not a racist, it just shows you how ridiculous 
um, this, this political culture has become. Look, if it was a Canadian kid, and fine, throw race into it, a Canadian white kid who is talking about bombs and RPGs being his favorite hobby or, or necking with a girl who was, you know, half his age, uh, okay, maybe half is a stretch, but 22 years old, necking with a 14-year-old in school hallways or, or, or kicking his male counterparts. Um, I think that we as Canadians would say that is unacceptable behavior that goes beyond bullying and that, that any school should, be, should, should have to deal with it and should have the resources to be able to properly do so. This has nothing to do with race. That, that is totally a straw man argument. That has nothing to do with anything here. And I will say that when it comes to, to the assimilations now, even a dirty word, but the integration of newcomers, there are resources, and we've seen across Europe a lot of different strategies being, being undertaken, some with more effect than others. And I should say that I did see one email transaction in these 2,700 pages that pointed to an, an article from The Independent, which is essentially showing lessons for Syrian men about the fact that a woman in a short skirt sitting down was not a, quote, invitation for sex. And so what might sound like total common sense for us, you know, like, no, duh, a girl in a skirt sitting down is on invitation for sex. This is where some of these people are, and it's not racist. It's not, it's not some sort of Canadian supremacy thought. No, it's not. It's, it's just the facts of the matter, and, and we have to deal with the facts because we can try to avoid reality, but what comes from that avoidance will be a dark future indeed. And if you don't believe me, mm. look at what's going on in Europe. Yeah. You have, you cannot divorce ourselves. Our, our culture is similar to so many places in Europe. They avoided reality, and now look at what's happened. Faith Goldie, my pleasure having you on. Thanks so much. And, of course, uh, we'll continue to follow where your investigation takes you. Thanks so very much for having me, Alex. Do appreciate it. Faith Goldie, and, of course, you can catch her on The Rebel. And we'll continue to follow this because I don't think we've heard the last of it.